0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Meow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals, and let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Ann McDaniels, and welcome to another episode of SoCal Sweat. At 52 years of age, Stephen Jones was priming to compete as a bodybuilder until being hit with a pandemic. Well, at the top of his game, the certified personal trainer with a specialty in fitness nutrition shares his formidable physique program. Available for everyone, it's designed to guide you on the right path for success in cutting, maintaining, or building your physique. The goal is to make you look and feel better when facing the mirror. Stephen states, I'm here to help you overcome your next hurdle, solve your next problem, and make the decisions that really move the needle. In addition, he says it's my life's mission to show you that age is just a number and that your fitness level, health, and physique can be better than ever before. And I now introduce to you Stephen Jones and his Formidable Physique Program. And today we have Stephen Jones of Formidable Physique Program. How are you today in Baltimore?
1: Good Ann, how you doing?
0: Good. Thank you so much. Well, before we introduce your program, could you please tell us a little bit about your athletic background growing up and why you became so interested in physical fitness?
1: Well, uh, I think athletics and maybe more important, fitness and nutrition have always been a part of my life. I can't remember when it wasn't. So it had to have been from very early on. Um, of course, I played some sports, track and field type stuff mainly, but uh, I've always been interested in and physical fitness, improving um, strength, weightlifting. Uh, I love running. Been involved with uh, the CrossFit community for a while too. So there's never been. You know, I'm 52, 52 years old now, and I can't think of a time when fitness and nutrition weren't my passion. It's always been there.
0: Sure. Were you ever in bodybuilding or or figure or, or any kind of like? physique program like on stage?
1: I've never competed um, and you know kind of the formidable program now I just started writing this physique bodybuilding program about this time last year so uh, with the intention of competing or getting involved with bodybuilding and I started writing it and I put it down for a little while and then COVID hit. And I picked it back up and realized now's the time to start writing it so I can help some other people out with the same thing I wanted to do, which is, you know, I didn't have the desire to compete in bodybuilding until about a year ago. So I started kind of just writing the program, getting it on paper, tweaking the program. And that's kind of where where it is today. And now it's a pretty mature, uh, effective program.
0: And I love that at 52, you're going to start bodybuilding or you, you were going to. I know, isn't uh, that you- crazy? Absolutely. Do you plan to do that again when things open up or if they have like a social distancing type of competition?
1: I'm, I'm actually working, uh, started working with a an online coach um, several months ago. Um, and, you know, a lot of this is online stuff now. So uh, that's kind of where I've started. COVID hit and then that's kind of taken a backseat. A lot of those competitions and things like that were canceled. Mm-hmm. So I've also hit the pause button on that for myself and concentrated on writing the program and, um, and using the program myself to improve my own physique and getting to the point where I'm comfortable, um, getting up on stage and, and working with a coach in a full, more of a full-time basis and seeing what kind of results I can get. But again, I'm, I'm 52, so competing in a senior division type of a uh, uh, bodybuilding program is something I want to do. Um, but more importantly, I'm just trying to help, trying to help folks improve their own physique and get into you know, a, a bodybuilding program so they can take to their own gym or use at their own home gym. So they've got a real plan to be able to use, not just kind of, uh, you know, going to the gym and, and lifting weights without a plan. So
0: exactly. No, I think it's super inspiring, and even for your kids, and you have a full family and also a career in telecommunications, correct?
1: I do. I've been in telecommunications industry since uh, right out of school. It's been over probably 35 years or so, and um, it's been a career. It's been good for me, but again, you know, my passion is, is fitness and nutrition, and, and I've got a big family and uh five grandkids so six kids five grandkids
0: wow congrats and, um,
1: pretty big family so we're we're pretty busy we're all involved with sports or at you know athletics to some degree
0: so yep i noticed in one of your videos that you were creating a pegboard for the, for your sons i love That's that right. it was it in their bedroom that they that you did that
1: no it was in the garage but uh, i've got a pegboard you know one of the things i think is important especially as we get older are you know, things like pegboard or even rock climbing type things to improve your hand strength, finger strength, injury prevention. I've got a few of those and my boys tend to gravitate to that type of stuff that, that, you know, those interesting, not just going into the gym and lifting weights, but Hey, can you climb a pegboard lifestyle type of things? Yeah. That's so much more difficult than, than most people realize. If you, if you haven't tried a pegboard or a, a rock climbing board, you don't realize how weak your finger strength is and your arm, your hand strength is unless you've tried that. And it's a great way to improve your hand strength, your finger strength and and prevent injuries, especially in the gym. I think it does correlate uh, to injury prevention when you're in the gym.
0: Absolutely. That's what a fun, what a fun dad you are. And very inspiring. Do you have all of your kids on nutrition programs and in the gym, or is it just kind of like what they gravitate to?
1: I don't have them on an official program, although they're certainly well aware of the formidable program. Uh, They play soccer in high school right now, and my daughter dances. Um, So they are in this gym quite a bit, and they like slinging weight around, but they're not per se trying to be bodybuilders or physique competitors. I mean, if you you saw – you probably saw that video of my son. He's already very lean, Mm -hmm. and he's got some – Pretty good muscle on him already. He's not necessarily, you know, we're talking teenagers, right? So they're not necessarily interested in in a true bodybuilding program, but they're in the gym with their friends. They'll do the bench press and the bicep curls and the and the leg press and things like that. But uh, they're not necessarily trying to improve their physique at this point of their life.
0: But it's great that in the age of popular video games and kids sitting on couches and being very lethargic and kind of eating from home and childhood obesity is huge in this in this country so I love that you're raising your kids that way I was raised that way too just like get up and be active not that I ever wanted to sit, sit and watch cartoons but um how did this while you were working in telecommunications was just always a passion were you always kind of like thinking all this stuff on the side always like thinking about what you could do in the future
1: Yeah, there's not a whole lot of overlap with my telecommunications career and my um, my passion or my business for the formidable uh, personal training business for the program. You know, I before COVID hit, I did travel quite a bit, and a lot of what I was trying to write with the formidable program is a program that you could take on the road with you. You know, there's so many people that are professionals and you know, working tons of hours or even traveling and don't have access to the gym. But, you know, if you could have a real program where you could take with you uh, when you traveled, so that when you got into those hotel gyms or you could go to a, an L.A. fitness or whatever the case may be, and you could take that program with you no matter where you were. So I, I traveled. I was on the plane and in a hotel every other week for many years before COVID hit. And, um, part of the spirit of writing the formidable program was to have that program to be able to take with me and continue the progress each week. Even if I was on the road, you know, and away from my home gym, I now had a a program that I could use workout logs that I could print out and keep track of my progress, even when I was traveling. So that's, that was one of the motivations for starting the program to begin with is to kind of. Uh, cater that to a degree to the, the business traveler or the professional who just needed a plan and not just go in the gym and just start lifting weights without a goal and a plan in place.
0: Absolutely. And I myself have traveled a ton and you have to plan ahead sometimes. I mean, sometimes there's not a hotel gym or it just doesn't work at all. So you find ways to like run the stairs in the hotel um, no until you like, you know, encounter someone shady in the back room. Um, I've lifted lamps before. I've I've done push-ups on stools, desks, everything, but there, if there's a will, there's a way really. Um, no and I love a solid plan with that. So that's, that's a, I think it's the a other, great, yeah. the other
1: good, um, you know, the other thing about formidable, which, you know, and I, I kind of spoke about, um, in a lot of my recent posts is it has the flexibility, not just in terms of the, the actual weightlifting part of the program, but I, embrace a flexible dieting approach so even for the professionals the business travelers folks like yourself that are traveling a lot you know no everybody nobody wants to be micromanaged in terms of you must eat this on this day or here's my suggested breakfast for you two eggs and and a yogurt in the morning and then have some tuna fish and and for lunch or and and try to micromanage that i think the flexible dieting approach really works well for business travelers and the professionals who are traveling around maybe spending some of their time away from their own home gym um, and away from their own kitchen but now you've got a flexible dieting approach where you just I'm not going to try to tell you you have to have tuna fish for lunch or a salad with chicken for lunch. I'm gonna let you decide and just give you some parameters to stick to that are gonna get you to where your goals are so I think just from a weightlifting standpoint also, again, I'm not trying to micromanage and tell you have to do chest on Monday and legs on Wednesday. I tell you what you have to do through the course of the week and give you some suggestions and, and ideas, and then you get the work done and the results will come.
0: I love that. So um, the name Formidable, how did that come about for this program?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. I tossed around several different names. And I I kind of settled on Formidable because, again, I was f- probably 50, 51 at the time when I started thinking about the program and trying to come up with a good name. And I wrote it in the spirit of of people mainly that are over 40, but certainly works for anybody. But I, you know, sometimes when we get into our 40s, 50s, 60s, we tend to think that our Best years are, are behind us,
0: like you're but old, I don't
1: really think that's the case. No, it's not no. the case. I think we're still formidable. We're still a formidable force to be um, reckoned with, and you can still you can still have, you know, your best years are still ahead of you. You can still be extremely fit. Um, you can still improve your physique. You can still put on muscle, regardless of what the age is. So formidable just seemed like a great fit and a great name for what I was trying to convey.
0: I love that. But it's also open to twenties and thirties. If, if someone were to be beautiful, I have
1: some parameters that I put in here that are in the spirit of people that are in their forties that I think help with that. But, uh, this program absolutely works for anyone.
0: Beautiful. Now in this program, you have three different phases. You have a number one is the cutting. Number two is the maintaining. And then number three is the bulking. Can you break these down? And also, can you describe um, your meso and your micro and meso plans within each segment?
1: Sure. So they don't have to be in order. So, but however, I would say that eighty to ninety percent of the people that come to me or that are um, that purchase the program, a cut phase is a is largely the nutrition part, right? So you're you're most people want to lose a little bit of weight. They also want to put on muscle, but. You, you can't out-exercise a bad diet, and to lose weight, you have to be in a calorie deficit. So when you are a bodybuilder or trying to improve your physique, and one of the things you need that you want to do is to lose some weight, well, you have to be in a calorie deficit. So the cut phase, the spirit of that is my program will help you calculate what your calorie intake should be each day, and it will put you into a calorie deficit and that is the means to to losing weight. So, and then when you're in the gym, you're working out just as hard in a cut phase as if you were in a bulk phase. Okay, you are trying to put on muscle uh when you're in a gym and you're not in the gym to lose weight. You're in the gym to put on muscle. But when you're in the kitchen and you're eating and you're you're planning your meals, you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. So, for many people the f- improving their physique is slimming down and to do that you enter the formidable program into a cut phase so you're eating at a reduced calorie I highly encourage people to track their meals everything that, that they eat is tracked by an app you can use my plate or my Fitness pal any of those type of apps are just fine but you've got to be able to, uh, to track everything. Otherwise, you're guessing and you're probably likely overeating, which pulls you out of a, a calorie deficit. The, I'll talk about the bulk phase next. Um, some folks actually come, come to me or within the program, they actually want to – they're already lean. They're already sufficiently lean, and they want to add muscle. So part of the bulk phase, it's somewhat of the opposite of the, uh, the cut phase, right? So now you're eating in a slight surplus, not a lot of a surplus, but you're eating in a surplus, a calorie surplus that supports muscle growth. Um, and then again, you're in the gym. Uh, my program will help you understand the, the amount of volume and weight training that you need to do to improve the muscle groups that you want to focus on, because this is a physique program. So you're going to. Of take an honest look at yourself in the mirror and say, "What do I want to improve on? Do my legs need to be bigger? Do my arms need to be bigger?" For me, for example, you know, I I wish I had that big long torso that a lot of people are and, and six foot four and a long torso. I'm I'm five foot nine, maybe five foot ten on a good day. I don't have a long torso, so what I try to focus on most recently is building up my traps, slimming the waist down, and improving um my back width that helps my physique look um more like a, a little bit of a, a longer torso so to speak so you've got the cut phase you've got the bulk phase um and then you have maintenance which is really just what the name says you're doing uh, exercise volume in the gym that allow you to keep the muscle that you already have okay so we're not we're not losing it we're not necessarily trying to gain muscle We're we're doing the exercise program with volume that supports keeping the muscle that you have, and then when it comes to diet and nutrition, we're eating at our calorie maintenance. So we're not increasing our weight, we're not decreasing our weight. We're enjoying life, so to speak. You know, I just I spent uh, July and August for myself in a maintenance uh, phase, which is basically. It's more fun allowing to not having to stress about being in a calorie deficit, right? So I know what, you know, because I track my, I still track my meals quite a bit, but you don't have to, once you understand how much you're eating throughout the course of the day and you track your meals for two or three weeks, you'll understand how many calories you're eating. Mm -hmm. So I spent July and August eating at a maintenance. I didn't say gain or lose weight and I was in the gym a little bit less than I would be if I were balking because my volume, the required amount of sets, so to speak, of doing my weight training was less in the maintenance phase. So a little bit, you know, I, I love working out, but sometimes you, you need that break, you need that, that, you don't wanna always be in a calorie deficit, that's not a good quality of life. You wanna get to the leanest that you want and then get into the maintenance phase. Um, so you can enjoy life a little bit more and you can come in and out of any of these three phases as your lifestyle permits. So that's, there are the three main phases. And again, you can transition from any of those, um, phases as you see fit.
0: That's very doable and very, um, just user friendly because it could be, maybe we're in the cut phase and then we're going into the holidays That could be more of a maintenance stage, and then as soon as January, like January's New Year's resolutions kick in, you could go back to cut and then bulk if you want to. How do you your cardio is interesting as far as your philosophy on that? Now I'm just concerned, like in the cut phase, how do we? What if someone's like just already you know, or even well, either one, maybe any any of the three segments. If you're cutting and then doing cardio, and then could you be burning muscle if you're trying? even if you're lifting, because that sometimes that calorie deficit can burn muscle.
1: You can, if you're in two uh, of an aggressive, um, cut me, uh, or a calorie deficit for a, in an extended period of time. And I say extended meaning it could be, um, uh, several months. We don't, we don't want to do that. And that's why you'll see in the, my program, I do not encourage that. And I encourage transitioning from cut to maintenance and bulk, but, um, You know, cardio, I think, you know, I struck a chord with uh, a lot of people when I said that um, I do not recommend high-intensity cardio. In fact, I endorse um, steady-state cardio, such as walking or a light jog or elliptical. Nothing, per se, that's going to accumulate a lot of um, fatigue, because when you get into the gym I want you to have 100% effort and energy when you're in the gym and if you're doing high intensity cardio every day or every other day you're accumulating systemic fatigue thus when you get in the gym you're not going to give that effort that's required to build muscle so I start with that and then you're you're right you it is possible to to lose some muscle that you have in a cut phase if you're too aggressive with your Deficit, which my plan goes, you know, is endorsing a slow, maybe a 1% or one pound, for example, uh, weight loss um, rate for most people per week. Okay, that's pretty safe, pretty generic uh, pace to lose weight. And by being in a small calorie deficit and then putting some ste- steady state cardio in on top of that, so let me back up one step. Number one rule, number one most important thing to lose weight is being in a calorie deficit, just like we just talked about. To enhance that calorie deficit, to allow you to maybe eat a little bit more and to accelerate the weight loss, we layer on cardio on top of that. And cardio doesn't necessarily even have to be every day. I give a goal, an amount of minutes of steady state cardio within the program that I think support the weight loss effort effort and the calorie deficit
0: which would be but, half an hour 45 minutes an hour
1: for example i do 20 minutes a day on the elliptical okay nothing nothing that's uh, increasing my heart rate to 85 or 90% i do 20 minutes a day and when i'm in a cut i'm in i'm eating at about a 500 calorie deficit i'm doing 20 minutes of steady state cardio And then most days, five or six, I'm in my gym, if I'm not traveling or whatever, I'm in my own gym doing uh, my workout plan. So that activity alone and the calorie deficit will allow you to lose weight. And if that is your goal, your waist size, your hip size, your clothes are going to feel better, Um, you know, and again, about a percent, one percent, or for most people, if you if it's hard to calculate the the percentage or visualize that, that's about a pound per week for most people being in a 500 calorie deficit. And again, my program will help you determine what that calorie number is each day.
0: I don't know if I answered all those
1: questions or not. Yeah,
0: no, that's interesting. What if you had a client that was, or your personal trainers had a client that was super overweight and the 500 calorie deficit was just barely a drop in the bucket compared to what they were their maintenance every day. Would you still only recommend 20 minutes of light cardio?
1: Again, it depends, right? A lot of this is individual specific. Mm -hmm. So someone that's obese or even morbidly obese, then there could be some special parameters there. But I still think, and the formidable program allows the client or the trainer to calculate the rate of weight loss or the calorie deficit based upon your current weight. So if you're 300 pounds, um, the program will help you calculate what your calorie amount should be to lose about a pound per week. Now, can you get more aggressive with that if you're obese? Yes, and that's probably a good idea. It is It's also important that, you know, we not try to overdo it. Early on, we don't want injuries. We want people to stick with the program. But if you're 300 pounds, would I want you to do more than 20 minutes of cardio per day? Yes, I would. But is it appropriate? And can that client do it? Is is the question. If they can, and they're capable, and they're motivated, then absolutely, we do more. Because again, I'm taking an approach of steady-state cardio, which is much safer. and is, and keeps you moving. And again, it complements that calorie deficit, right? So no matter what your current weight is, no matter where you come into the program at, whether you're lean or obese or somewhere in between, the program allows it to be customized to where you're at at that point. So where where you're at in, in your lifestyle and your weight and your physique, um, it'll help you get into the calorie deficit, and it'll give you the correct amount. For weight training and cardio,
0: I think that actually sounds better for someone that would be really intimidated by an hour of cardio. Because if someone is obese, or perhaps like around a three hundred pound range, they may have knee problems, hip problems, they have some joints. So I think that they would be willing to stay on it, knowing that it's, oh, it's only twenty minutes versus a whole hour. Plus, I think that someone really overweight would would not maybe want to do CrossFit. That's a lot Absolutely. of pounding. And Absolutely.
1: Again, this this program is a physique improvement program. You know, maybe it's real quick. It's just maybe it's important to point out what it's not. It's not a powerlifting program. It's not a CrossFit program. It's not a program specifically designed to get you in the best cardiovascular shape of your life. You will improve your cardiovascular shape. You will get stronger. You will get more powerful. But the main goal let well, let's, let's kind of call it what it is. It's to look better in the mirror, to be proud of the way you look, to be comfortable in the clothes that you, that you wear, to be comfortable in your own body, to improve your own physique. That's what this program is all about. Um, it has some overlap in terms of powerlifting, in terms of strength training, maybe even in terms of some CrossFit stuff, but it really is designed to improve your physique through losing weight, getting lean. And adding muscle—that's yeah. The program I think
0: that's a good. It's, it's and there aren't a lot like that because most of them are so specific about losing weight or building. And, and I really you love how yours incorporates and that you can get in and out of any any of the three. Um, now, because of the because of the steady state cardio, do you look at your weightlifting program as far as like the whole program in general as almost more of a cardio session because sometimes like I, you look at weightlifting your your heart rate's higher than even some cardio, the way that you're going about it. Do you recommend less pauses then? If you're on a 20-minute 20, 20 steady state cardio, maybe less pauses within all the reps of, of weightlifting?
1: Great question. Um, so when you're in the gym, it would be a surprise a lot of people that you're not burning as many calories as you think. Yes, you are working very hard in the gym, but generally for a short period of time. When you think about how many 15 or 20 reps required, how much time that requires, you're not per se burning as many calories as you might think as if you were um, out jogging or, or walking or, or again, you're not, your rate of calories isn't very high when you're walking or a light jog, but steady state cardio for a, a period of time is burning sufficient amount of calories. So I, the other, I think I alluded to this earlier, but um, steady state cardio allows you to not accumulate a bunch of systemic fatigue. So when you're in the gym, I'm a, I want you to have as much energy and effort as possible because, you know, if I had to rank things in terms of improving your physique, and again, I'm coming at this from where people are, are most people come into the program where they want to lose weight and add muscle. So to lose weight, you got into the number one, most important thing, you've got to get in that calorie deficit. Number two is to add muscle. And if adding muscle is important, then we need to support that by not killing ourselves doing cardio, steady, uh, high intensity cardio, things like that. We got to get into the gym and give 100% effort when in the gym so that if you do 15 reps, you're giving 100% effort. If you're doing steady-state cardio or, or doing high-intensity cardio of some form, three or four or five or more day, uh, days a week, then you're probably not giving 100 percent effort when it comes to the bodybuilding process and building muscle. Building muscle is hard. You've got to give it everything you've got, and you've got to hit the correct amount of volume to do that. And if everything's in place, then the muscle will come. But you know that's why I I, I really and don't get me wrong, high-intensity cardio has its place, okay? But this is a physique program where we we achieve the lower waistline, so to speak, through the calorie deficit, and we improve the muscle size, the arm size, the leg size, your back muscles through the weight training within the program.
0: Now, Stephen, how do you feel? Yeah, definitely. How do you feel about amount of reps? Because there's always the argument of, Women should, only, women should do lower weights, higher reps. Men should do higher weight, lower reps. But it really depends. Yeah. And there's so many. Is it 15 to 25? Some people do up to 45. Some people only do 10 to 12. What do you think, in your, in your experience, in your opinion, have been the best maybe for you?
1: Another fantastic question. And most of my clients have, uh, in my personal training business, my face-to-face business, were uh, women. And that is a, a legitimate fear that they have. They don't want to get bulky, right? So they're, they, they, there's a real fear about that. But again, let's come at this from the perspective that this is a physique program, okay? You'll never see in my program uh, where I say you should do a one rep max. In fact, I, most of my rep ranges, I'm looking at one of my workout um, logs right now. The rep ranges that I want people to work in, there's nothing less than uh, eight reps. So you are, and again, and think about this from the perspective that I started writing the program, which is for largely people 40 and over. But again, it can work for anyone. I don't want anyone doing a one rep max. Um, Number one, there's an injury risk. Number two, if you're doing a one rep max or even two reps or three reps, you're not building muscle. You need to have enough time under tension with the exercise that you're doing enough reps to have that time under tension to really stimulate the muscle. And if you're doing one rep or two reps or three reps, okay, it's fun. Okay. And and it's not, it's something you can tell your buddies that, Hey, my one rep squat is this, but from a physique standpoint, you're not, improving your physique by doing a one rep max you've got to do the required amount of sets at the rep range that's required now for women you know again perspective wise right i'm i'm natural i've always been natural i've never been an enhanced um weight trainer or bodybuilder i'm going to come at this from the perspective that most people listening to this are probably in that same bucket um women you know women are going to tone up those muscles fast and they're going to tone up those muscles before they ever see themselves getting quote unquote too big. You're going to see the toneness. You're going to see the nice round shoulders, the tank top shoulders that that most women want to see, the, the, the back, the legs tone that being bulky doesn't happen overnight. Right. And as a physique, um, if you're interested in improving your physique, what's the one thing you're doing? You're looking in the mirror quite a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And I, you know, if, if you already love looking at yourself in the mirror, then this program's <laughs> for you, right? Because um, you're, you're trying to, to improve market. your physique.
0: LA yeah. market. So you're, you're spot on.
1: But w- w- women don't have anything to fear about getting too bulky. And the rep ranges that I prescribe in the program also allow some flexibility. There's a heavier rep range. And again, maybe goes down to eight. Uh, so eight to fifteen let's call it, and then there's a bigger rep range that that's from like fifteen to twenty five for me again i'm five foot nine i don't have necessarily a big frame. The higher rep counts work better for me, but I kind of walk people through within the program how to find out which of those. Rep ranges works best for you. Without getting too much into the technology, you know, because now you're talking: Are you fast twitch dominant, slow twitch dominant?
0: Right.
1: I kind of help you figure that out within the program. But women don't have anything to worry about getting too bulky. Um, men, you, again, because when you're looking in the mirror, if you are starting to get bulky, you're going to know it. You're going to see it because you're looking at yourself nearly every day, right? Because you're trying to evaluate your your own physique
0: hmm that help absolutely no I'm I'm a solid weightlifter I always have been and I so many of my friends will not lift weights they're afraid of that bulk and I think sometimes when women do get bulky that would mean they need to be cut their calories a little bit because it's just like it's all you've got to be able to see that muscle through less fat and that fat will surround the muscle and then that's where they're not seeing the tone I think exactly. so it's kind of a Um, but even like I tell my friends, like just curl at least a water bottle while you're watching TV or something. It's, it's the tone.
1: If you're that, if, if there is someone that's completely terrified of that, then definitely generically speaking, start them at a higher rep range, say 15 or more and, um, and see where it goes from there. But again, if, again, I'm coming at this from the perspective of most people are natural. If you're enhanced, then Okay. You could you could get bulkier faster, but um, uh, but I think you've got really nothing to worry about. Um, you will get toner, and then you'll start to add some muscle, then you can adjust from there.
0: Absolutely. If you don't yeah, like what you see, unfortunately, a big fear. Now, in the LA market, we have all of our gyms are completely shut down, and I, and this is the mecca for for fitness, and it's just kind of crazy that we don't have any gyms at all. I mean, you'll go to a park. You'll see weight benches stuck in the trees. People are doing um, they have, they have ropes hanging from trees, doing the elevation training. All these things. Right. What do you recommend? Because sometimes you know, and a lot of people have ordered their own gym equipment, and it takes a year to get like, you know, I ordered a bunch from my mom, and it took like a year to uh, on a waiting list to get some. I mean, she finally. And the prices it
1: are out. ridiculous.
0: It is so. What. I think you can do a lot with your own body weight. but then again, you and I are very um you know privy to to knowing how to be creative with that. let's just let's just see, for example, um I have a couple of guy friends who have lost, I mean they were also competing or you know planning to compete before Covid. Right. and they are losing so much bulk and mass, no matter what they do because they don't have access to that much weight, and you can't order that. they don't they don't ship that much weight. Um sure. what do you recommend for that for guys that are just or, or or women also that are that are bodybuilders and they need to lift more weight?
1: So a couple things. you know if if we're talking about someone, someone that's already like an Arnold Schwarzenegger or Ronnie Coleman size, mm-hmm. um, body weight, it's by itself will not help them sustain their current amount of muscle because right. they're already huge, right? Yeah. Uh, for most folks that are have a decent amount of muscle, Um, body weight will help you maintain what you have, but trying to build upon that, uh, honestly, just by doing body weight exercises, you're going to have a real hard time and you're, you're going to have to put in an enormous amount of volume to do that. So finding creative ways through the use of, um, dumbbells or kettlebells, I mean, if you've ever tried to do, for example, if you don't have access to a squat rack now and you can't barbell squat, but you want to improve or or grow muscle in your quads or your hamstrings, if you've ever taken a pair of dumbbells and you've tried to do some um, lunges, some walking lunges with holding the dumbbells or a Bulgarian split squat with dumbbells where your one leg is is elevated in the back and you're you're dipping down with that front leg oh my god Uh, and talk about the burn and the pump uh, with just dumbbells you can put some muscle on and at the very least sustain muscle by doing those types of things Uh, putting some weight on your back i have a weighted vest that i that i use sometimes which i'll i'll put the weighted vest on and do some push-ups or do some air squats. Mm-hmm. Again, you've got to get creative here. Um, and if you're trying to sustain or grow some muscle, and if you've got access to some dumbbells, or kettlebells, or some other—you—you you mentioned you a lamp or, or medicine ball <laughs> or some other things <laughs> like Lampal, that, right? Guess, S- yeah. Something to grab. Then yes. But you know, the reason I—I I originally this time last year I started writing the formidable program, and then I kind of put it down for a little while. And then COVID hit, and I had to kind of close my doors for my face-to-face business. And I said, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to need some help here. There's going to be trainers and people that want to continue training that aren't going to be able to go to their gym. So I wrote this program to give people a real uh, program designed by a personal trainer that is effective and gives you results that you can do at home. And I would say the minimum, if you had dumbbells or something like a dumbbell, you can get results with just those dumbbells. So you're right. The challenge of getting to a gym now is a problem. But if your gyms are opening up, this program you can take to your gym and now you walk in those gym doors, you've got a real program. But if you have access to some weights at home, then you also now have a real, an, an effective program that you can use at home. Again, minimum requirements, I would say it would be dumbbells or something like dumbbells um, to do those, you know, those types of uh, of lifts or, or weight training that's in the program. Sure. And the, the other thing, the last thing I'll say on that is that um, in the program, again, as you're doing some evaluation of yourself and you're just looking in the mirror and you go, this is the area where I think I need to improve on. Let's just say it's um, um, biceps. You want... Your, your biceps aren't as big as you would like them to be. Well, there there's an exercise selection list that I give in that uh, four biceps that target the biceps that you can pick from. I'm not gonna tell you that you have to do hammer curls or corkscrew curls or, or whatever because I don't know what kind of equipment you have access to. I'm gonna give you a pretty long list of exercises to pick from for bicep, tricep, quads, chest, shoulders, whatever the case may be, and then allow you, because they're all effective exercises, mm-hmm. right? So based upon the equipment you have at home or in you, if you have the fortune, good fortune of having your gym open, whatever you have access to there or the hotel gym that you're in, here's a list that you can pick from. Do what you can do with the amount of equipment that you have.
0: That's excellent. Um, and would you, if someone were to be ordering and they have a choice between maybe all the dumbbells are gone, kettlebells, what do you recommend for maybe a beginner kettlebell or dumbbell? There's an argument with both.
1: Um, I think it's hard to beat dumbbells. Um, you can do so much with them. Uh, kettlebells, you know, it's got a obviously it's got a handle on it. You can still do some very effective tricep work. You can do some effective bicep work. I mean, if you've ever h- held a uh, a kettlebell in front of you and did air squats, uh, kind of like a goblet squat, okay. if you will, um, g- kettlebells are awesome. There's a lot of different mo- modalities that you can choose from, um, kettlebells or dumbbells. But if I had to pick, I think it's hard to beat the you know, versatility of a, a, a set of dumbbells if you have access to it.
0: I tend to agree because I think it's for kettlebell uh, for shoulder raises – you can kind yep. of hit yourself in the head with that bell. It's not, it's kind of dangerous on that, on that standpoint. Um, and again,
1: I think because my program, the the main focus of my program is a physique improvement program. Mm-hmm. A, a kettlebells lend themselves well to a CrossFit program or some other more cardio um, type programs. I love them. They're wonderful. But, um, they are more for that type of program. You can't beat dumbbells um, for this type of program.
0: Sure. It's kind of the gold standard. And I love, I love your, your recipes on, on your site. Um, can you explain, like some of the ones that really caught my eye were the anabolic. Can you explain what anabolic means as far as the food goes in your metabolism and one of your favorite recipes that involves an anabolic recipe?
1: Um, so anabolic, you know, just means you're, you're eating enough protein to support the muscle growth. So when you're in the gym, you know, it's no secret An evidence-based approach and, and research says that if you're trying to add muscle, of course you need to have enough protein. And it typically works out to about one gram of protein per pound of body weight. That's what you want to, that's what you want to eat every day to support that growth. And that can be a challenge for a lot of people. You know, I'm 160, 160 pounds, so that's 160 grams of protein that I need to eat each day if I want to support the effort I'm giving in the gym to build muscle. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a particularly big appetite. So I've never been a big eater. So I have to find creative ways to get protein into meals, and there are so many hacks, tricks tips that I give on my social media uh, pages that make that process so much easier. And there's several things like um, egg whites and things like that, liquid egg whites that really are helpful in terms of getting the protein in and not breaking the bank when it comes to calories. Because again, a lot of people are in a deficit here. So you can't just go eating a huge steak to meet your protein quota because now, okay, you you're getting the protein in, but now you've just ratcheted up the calorie count and that could potentially bring you out of, um, bring you out of that deficit.
0: Like a keto so diet up, could be yeah. difficult. Yeah.
1: There, but there's so many alternatives, um, to, to you know, good protein sources that are not necessarily high in calories um that I give I started tracking a, a lot of these recipes um that I call anabolic and you know, they're not all necessarily anabolic some of them are regular meals that are just good high quality clean eating but a lot of them you know pancakes for example you know if you if you use egg whites or use pumpkin or banana and some other uh almond flour and some other things like that you can make some delicious high protein Um, meals or or breakfast with, with those ingredients. And there's countless other ways to do that with dinner and breakfast and lunch and things like that. So.
0: If someone that wants like an easy way out with protein powder, that can be, that can go here or there. There's, there's the whey, there's the soy. There's a lot of bad protein powders out there. If someone were to just stick with protein powder and not want to cook or maybe can't afford to do so, what is the, what's the best, protein
1: that you recommend? So might shock people, your listeners maybe, but uh, I'm really suspicious of commercial um, protein powders. I'm not saying they're all bad, but I just don't know what's in them. So I make my own whey protein through the use of um, kefir greens or greens, which, you know, I bought five years ago. I still have the same grains. You add milk to them, they create that natural probiotic which also is a health benefit, but also as that, that process occurs, it produces whey protein. I make that myself. I'm not saying I'm kind of that one percenter, right? I'm one of those crazy people that look to do a lot of the things um, myself. Mm -hmm. So whey protein is fine. Just be careful. If if you choose to purchase it, um, make sure I would say, look, do the investigation, make sure it's tested by a, uh, a third party or second party Company that gives a an honest evaluation of it or verify the ingredients are what they are. Whey protein is fine, especially after a workout. Um, casein protein, fine. It's more of a slower digesting protein. Most people say they recommend taking a casein protein before bed because it's slower process. But I keep things really simple, and what I tell people is don't start with the supplements. Start by getting protein into your body every uh, four to five hours, even three if you can do it. If you have constantly have protein in your body because you just had um, chicken breast for lunch or you just had an egg white omelet for breakfast, and then you go to work out at at three or four o'clock in the afternoon, you still have protein in your body. Um, If you're getting the right amount of protein through each meal of the day, And supplementation isn't necessary. Now, now, I'm not saying there's not a place for it because a lot of people struggle to get that amount of protein in that's required. Mm -hmm. So therefore, having a supplement, a whey supplement, uh, casein, any type of protein really is just fine. But if you can first start with the good quality food proteins, uh, fish, chicken, uh, beef, or egg whites. Egg whites is absolutely one of my Liquid egg, white, egg whites is actually one of my MVPs uh, that I couldn't live without. But the, the, the theme of this really is if you're eating protein at every meal and, stro- and, and striving to get double-digit grams of protein in every meal that you eat, and if you snack, choosing a protein snack, then you've got protein in your body. And that is, that is the baseline for supporting muscle growth. And then you can supplement as you see fit. But I'm I'm still suspicious of I I do have casein protein, but I predominantly use it to make my own protein bars, which by the way is is also in my recipe book, some chocolate protein bars. But I don't use it very often, and I don't uh, I use it when I need to, when need when when I'm on the go or something like that. But um, I think uh, largely if you're eating clean and eating protein. Soy protein is fine. Um, Any of that type of stuff, as long as it's protein, you're good.
0: I think I love your philosophy on just sticking with the basics and the clean protein because a lot of these protein shakes are, I mean, really honestly, what if you look at the ingredients list, there's so so much sugar and they're really high in calories. So if someone's in a cut phase needing to maintain protein, these protein shakes aren't, I mean, if you're desperate, I guess, and on the road, but there's- the best is, is the clean, clean,
1: especially if you're in a cut phase, you have to, every meal you should be thinking about double digit proteins, uh, protein grams in every meal you eat because you're already in a calorie deficit. So the amount of food you eat, you've got to be careful. So you can't really, you can't really skip a meal without having protein. You've got to take advantage of it, um, at every meal and every opportunity to get that protein in.
0: Absolutely. Now, as we wrap up, I love, I love the program because due to the gyms being shut down and some people struggling with you know with their salaries, if they do have gyms, I think this is a great program and it's only $97, correct?
1: That's right. $97. And um, that's yours for a lifetime. There's, there's no monthly um, commitments. It is a program that, that you download, you printable workout logs one thing I didn't touch on was the meso micro. Maybe we should, if we have a few more minutes, I'll touch. Yeah, on let's that please, is. let's please do that. But, but when you purchase the program, uh, it is yours. There's no strings. And, um, I support all of my, uh, all the folks that purchased the program through my social media, um, applications. I continue to give support and again, a lot of tips and tricks and whether it be nutrition or, or with weight training, I give a lot of that support through my social media apps, but uh, it it is your program. Once you purchase it, it's your program. You've got the workout logs, you've got the program itself. There's 10 steps to to getting started, all the way from taking those measurements, you know, those initial measurements of your hip and your waist and your uh, various other measurements and your scale weight, things like that, to helping you understand the calorie deficit number that you need to target. There's, you know, 10 steps that might take you uh, 20 minutes to have everything you need to get started.
0: That's great. Um, the basis is that,
1: sorry, did you have,
0: can you plug it? it Well, I'll put it in all the links as well. Can you plug your social media, everything, how they can get the programs? I mean, I'll put it in the links of course, but can you just tell us?
1: So Facebook, um, formidable gym one, uh, Instagram, formidable Jim. Um, my email is at gmail.com. Those are the um, and there's a sales page link that I sent to you, Anne. That uh, would be great if you could post that too.
0: Absolutely. And um,
1: so yeah, that, that's uh, that's the way to get a hold of me. I again, I provide all of, almost all of my support and advice, tips, tricks um, through those social media apps.
0: Wonderful. And then just highlighting back among your three programs of the cut, maintenance, and, and build, you have the micro and the meso stages. Can you touch yes. on that?
1: So in the personal training industry or in the bodybuilding industry, everything's kind of uh, scheduled in terms of blocks, right? So uh, all this really simply is uh, a micro cycle is one, typically one week. And a meso cycle is typically nothing more than about a month, right? So in in my program, it's five weeks or five micros in one meso. And what happens is, so the first week you're in the program, and it's more or less specifically for the weight training aspect of the program, right? So in micro one, aka week number one, there's a certain amount of volume, which is sets and reps that I want you to do to support the muscle growth. And then each micro after that, the parameters change, right? We use, um, in terms of periodization, we're we're using a concept called um, progressive overload. So to build muscle, you have to keep increasing the stimulus for that muscle to force the muscle growth, so to speak. So week one, the volume is one thing. Week two, we're trying to add a bit more volume through an extra set, for example, or even adding a little bit more weight. And by the time you're done the fifth week, we're adding, accumulating more volume through sets and we're constantly pushing the envelope by adding more weight to the bar or the dumbbell, right? Not a lot of weight at each time, but we're adding more weight, we're adding more volume. And then when you get to the end of that fifth micro, then we we deload, which means we take a break. Okay. And there's a reason why we do that. We take a break because that fifth week, especially, but all the other weeks you've also accumulated some fatigue as well. We want to give the mind and the muscles a break. And, you know, you're by the time that fifth week is over, you've put in an awful lot of volume and now we need to give the, the muscles an opportunity to rest. And, um, And that's what the the concept is through that deload, is just taking that break, that mental break. And now by the time you get back in and you start the next mesocycle, now you're fresh. Now the muscle is ready to go again. And then you continue with that progressive overload through the next mesocycle.
0: That seems very tangible. And for the week, do you do all seven days or is there a day off?
1: Again, this is for me, I'm in the gym probably six days a week, but, and, and I think this is, has to be tailored to the individual, right? Does the individual have an opportunity to work out three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, whatever that amount is, my program will help you design uh, a workout for you. And some cases, you know, you might be able to work out five days in, in one week, but maybe only three in the next week. Again, the amount of volume is important to muscle growth. If you get the volume in, regardless of how many days you're working out, then you've hit your marks. You've now have done enough volume to support muscle growth, and that's one of the goals that in, in a physique program, right?
0: Again, very doable. So this whole program, again, is for personal trainers to purchase and also consumers that can, that's if right. they're motivated on their own, can certainly do that. And it's just, it, it's so well laid out and you take, it's, you've obviously done all the research and I hope that you can bodybuild again and be on stage. I would, I would love, love to see that for you. And it just Thank you. gives you a better ethos for the, for, for the, the program. And can you exactly. share before you leave um, your favorite, when you were in the maintenance stage all summer, what was your favorite treat that you got to eat?
1: Mm, favorite treat. Well, I still love, uh, I I love beer. And I hate to say it, but I, I really love IPA. Um, you know, I've, it's really hard to be in a calorie deficit and, um, have an IPA. Right. But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that I purposely wanted to enjoy a little bit more of the summer. I, I don't, have a whole lot of cheat meals, to be honest with you. I don't know why. It's just again, maybe I'm. I'm but you're not probably, a big eater,
0: whereas some. I'm not a are. big eater.
1: I'm one of those one percenters. You don't. You're not going to see me eating a lot of junk food at any time, no matter what phase I'm in. I, I I'm one of those weirdos, right? But uh, um, but I do like a a, a heavy beer occasionally. But um, I haven't had pizza in um, over a year, I would say. But you know, I love pancakes, but I make them. I make them in a healthy fashion, an anabolic fashion, right? There's a yeah. lot of other foods I like the same that some people would look at and go, "Well, you're having a cheat meal." And I'm going, "No, it's high protein, healthy ingredients. It's not, right. and it's delicious."
0: Yep. And the word "cheat" can kind of conjure up in our minds like, "Oh, we're doing something bad." When you're not, and you, you absolutely can enjoy beers. And I'm glad you did all summer. And hopefully, you got to some kind of state fair or beer garden that was maybe open. Yeah,
1: it's the beauty of flexible dieting, right? Again, I'm not mandating you have a specific type of meal or ingredient. I'm I'm defining what your calorie limit is in a cut phase, and you can eat whatever you want uh, as long as you stay under that number. Then you're going to lose weight. Okay, now some people that will plateau that we need to look at other macros and things like that, but. Uh, Flexible dieting approach is, is the ultimate in, in flexibility where you can eat what you want and uh, just stay under that calorie um, deficit number and you'll lose weight.
0: Excellent. But I think a final point on that is it's so important to keep track of the calories. It's like via Fitness Pal if you're not doing it alone because people go way overboard. I've seen the research where they think they're only eating, oh, I'm only eating 1,600 and they track them. And it, it's up to twenty four hundred, and they had no idea. It's the mindless snacking. It's the extra things. And by the way, I love your coffee recipe because people that you know go to these fancy Starbucks. Like I love Starbucks, oh God, but yeah. I mean these are three hundred calorie macchiatos. I mean just loaded. That's a burger. I
1: I was surprised myself a years few years ago couldn't believe how many calories I was actually putting into my coffee. I'm making my own coffee at home, but in terms of even half and half or some sugar, things like that, it's uh, incredible the amount of calories that you're stuffing into your your coffee. There's plenty of delicious alternatives. Granted, it might be a powder creamer now that's sugar-free and very low in calories, Mm -hmm. but you gotta make a compromise. You can't continue stuffing sugar and heavy creams
0: and to drink it is kind of a waste drinking calories.
1: salad dressings are another one that people just go they think they're having a fat-free salad dressing but the amount of calories is just incredible you've
0: got to be really careful no there's so many things but well you're 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 certainly um you certainly have done really well for yourself in, in all the programs that you've created and what you've done and um any future goals for yourself besides the bodybuilding competition
1: Now, I'm just, uh, you know, again, 52 years old. I'm, uh, as I mentioned to you uh, before that, you know, my my mission statement is what kind of motivates me every day. And that's to kind of create that legacy for my family. You know, I love when people say, oh, you can't possibly be 52. Um, And I say, I'm 52 and I've got five grandkids. So, and I I get a lot of weird looks, but um, you know, improving your physique at 52 and looking awesome and feeling confident, um, I love that. And, um, you know, that's my my goal every day. That's what motivates me is just creating that legacy for my family, for the people I work with, for my clients. And just saying that, you know, high levels of fitness and health can be achieved at any age and your your best days are still ahead of you
0: wonderful and that on a good note that it's wise words from Stephen Jones of <laughs> formidable fitness or formidable physique and again you can find him on Facebook at formidable gym one Instagram at formidable gym and the email is formidable gym at gmail correct you got it awesome Stephen thank you so much best to you and your family and um, we'll be in touch for sure
1: alright Ann thank you very much for the opportunity
0: and that with Stephen Jones and his formidable physique program that you can find in the show notes below. This is also a valuable tool for personal trainers. Please stay tuned in next week where I feature TED Talk speaker Alexandra Catalano her popular Eat Cute wellness business and the foods she suggests for a total body makeover. We appreciate you for listening, and please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, TuneIn, or at Believe.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Ann McDaniels. And I'll see you next time on SoCal Sweat.